Howdy! On today's episode of the Better Living Protexans podcast, we are answering the question, how do you grow a successful vegetable garden? To answer this question, I have Greg Grant, a county extension agent who specializes in horticulture, on the podcast today. Greg goes over the top three most important things you need to know when growing a vegetable garden. So whether you are planning on growing a garden or you've already started a springtime garden, the tips shared today will surely help you have a successful garden this season. Greg, thank you for joining the Better Living for Podcast, Better Living for Texans podcast today. Uh, before we get into the topic, will you give a brief introduction of what you do for AgriLife Extension? Sure. I'm the Smith County Extension Agent in Horticulture here in Tyler, and I primarily work with about 150 master gardeners. Also work with the, the general public. I write a weekly newspaper column for the Tyler Morning Telegraph. I write. Uh, every issue of Texas Gardener Magazine. Do lots of talks, lots of lots of programs, lots of training. And uh, love to grow vegetables and flowers and trees and anything that grows. So. Awesome. Well, that's an excellent skill to have. Um, so today we are talking about vegetable gardening basics. And I know the best time to plant a garden varies kind of based on where you're at in Texas, because the temperature is so different depending on where you live. But it seems like springtime is a good time for most regions to either be growing or maybe planning a, a garden. So my question for you is, what are your top recommendations for, especially for beginners, when it comes to planting a, or getting a spring garden planted? Actually, you just you just gave the answer because um, everybody likes to plant a garden right now. And that's a good thing. My little grandmother Ruth planted everything on, on Good Friday because that was you know, the, the perfect day to plant or the, you know, the, the day that everything was going to be blessed and grow well. well it's, uh, so spring is the most popular planting time, primarily because that's when the most popular vegetables are planted. So tomatoes, peppers, corn, beans, squash. Uh, for most of the state, now is the time to plant it or over the next few weeks. But what's really, really important for everybody to know is that right now, and we'll use my grandmother's example of, of Good Friday, is the perfect time to plant some stuff, but it's a bad time to plant other stuff. And so there are actually about six times a year when we plant vegetables. And so a lot of people will plant things now, uh, and it's perfect for some, too early for some, and too late for some. So not everything's going to be successful. And that's the first thing beginners need to know is we have all these windows of opportunity to grow certain crops, but they're not all at the, at the same time. And so uh, people in the common question of the, why did my cilantro die? Why did my parsley die? Why did my uh, lettuce die? Because mm. it's the tail end of growing those and beginning of growing something else. So knowing that there's a season for every vegetable and you don't grow everything at the same time is one of, if not the, uh, one of the most important things to know in vegetable gardening. Sure. Yeah, that makes total sense. I am. Um... Well, to most people, it doesn't because you, you know, to most people, you have sure. you have growing and you have dormant, and so with woody plants and perennials, you have a cool season and a warm season. When it's it's even more divided up with, with vegetables, and it's a little more 
complicated, but it's not, it's not that hard because there's there's calendars and there's books and there's planning guides that show you exactly. So it's not like you have to memorize all that in your head. As you get better, you'll have it memorized and you'll know. But at first, you just kind of look and say, here's what I plant now. Here's what I plant in the summer. Here's what I plant in the fall. Here's what I plant in the winter. So yeah. no reason to make it too complicated. Yeah, you know, I, I planted some tomatoes last summer, but I, I think when it came to timing, I was probably a little bit too late because they just didn't do so well. I mean, there's probably other things too involved, but. Yeah, and that, no, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. We have this exact window for, for growing tomatoes and it's uh, starts about the middle of March up till about the middle of April. If you're past the middle of April, uh, then you're too late because the, the, the door opens and the door closes. And of course, they're still selling tomatoes that whole time. And so you may plant your tomatoes on the last day of the, the, the door that's open or the window that's open. And so a lot of people do that and end up too late because everybody's tomatoes stop producing at the same time when it gets too hot. The tomatoes pollen is dead and they quit setting tomatoes. And then we get white flies and spider mites and leaf spot and all these things. And you just have this ugly tomato plant, and no tomatoes. So if you don't get them planted at the beginning of that, it's too late. So things like that are just extremely important because a lot of times the individual thinks, well, I'm terrible. I have a brown thumb. You know, I can't even grow a tomato. And it, nobody could grow a tomato then. I can't grow a tomato in, in July. And so it's about timing. Yeah. And so and that's something that we can easily uh, teach people to do. And they just have to know it. When we say the calendar says this, that means exactly that. And so you can't grow a tomato during the wintertime. You can't grow it in, in the middle of the summertime. You can grow it in the spring. And there's a little wind in the fall to grow some tomatoes. And the rest of it, we, we just can't. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, timing it, that yeah it is uh, it's important other than timing what other what other good things are there for people to know when they're getting started the big three that i talk about are are timing sunlight there's always mm, okay. people are convincing themselves that they have enough sun for the garden well you have to realize there are no vegetables that want any shade whatsoever and so if there's any shadow on your garden um then you're not going to grow the full complement of what that vegetable is capable of. And so if you can't sunbathe there, it's not a good gardening spot. And a lot of people are confused when we say a tomato needs full sun or a bean needs full sun. Actually, you can fill in the blank of every single vegetable that we grow. If you go to a professional farmer, there's not a tree with an eyesight because they don't want any shade ever. And it's wow. very difficult to find a, a landscape that doesn't have a tree or a fence or a house blocking some light. And so when we say a vegetable or a flower wants full sun, a lot of people confuse that with direct sunlight. And they'll say, oh, at two o'clock in the afternoon, there's full sun and it's beaming in here. Oh, that's called direct light for 30 seconds. Full sun means a full day of sun. If the plant watches the sunrise in the morning, move across the sky and watches it set in the evening. And very few people have that in their landscape. And so whatever percentage shade of the day that you don't get sun, say if you only have you know, 80% of that full day or 50%, you can subtract that from your production. And so if you have half a day of sun, automatically you're going to get half as much production. If you have three quarters of a day of shade, then you only have 25% production. And pretty much if it's shady, you're just not going to be able to grow a good vegetable garden. You need to find a, another spot or borrow somebody's landscape or gorilla garden like I do in a vacant lot or you know, sidewalk or school or park or find another place because they all need uh, not only direct sun, but a full day's worth of sun. So that's number two. Wow. Yeah. I, so now I'm thinking that maybe it wasn't, so, well, timing, but it was also. Well, that, you would believe how many people, particularly in Texas, it's hot. You're a little bit late getting them out. So where do yeah. we go to a shady spot? And you say, why'd you put that underneath that tree? Cause I was hot and I wanted some shade and that's fine yeah. for people uh, with the plants. There's no, now the way we grow all these different vegetables in Texas is temperature. They're all 
full sun, but mm -hmm. you, you know, some grow in the full sun in the winter, some grow in the full sun in the spring, some grow in the full uh, sun during the summertime. So, but you can't substitute uh, shading. People say, well, I'll put some shade over it and I'll be able to grow my tomatoes during the summer. No, it doesn't work. They have to have certain temperatures in full sun. So it's not about controlling the amount of light. It's, it's about planting them. And you can't control the temperature unless you can afford to air condition your landscape. Uh, so it's about matching up with that with that time of year, and so we've got uh, uh, time of year and timing. We've got sunlight, no shade, and the third one is fertility. Most people don't realize that vegetables are very heavy feeders, and so unlike trees and shrubs and lawn grasses and perennials, which in bulbs things like that, you can never buy fertilizer for your entire life, and you can do a pretty darn good job of growing those plants. But annual bedding plants and almost all vegetables need high fertility because these aren't wild plants. They didn't evolve growing out in the prairie or the woods and feeding off broken down organic matter and some tiny bits of nitrogen in the rainfall from lightning and stuff. These are things that we cultivated over thousands of years to be way more than nature intended. So there is no big tomato in the wild. There's no head of cabbage in the wild. There's no head mm -hmm. of broccoli in the wild. There's no big fat onion in the wild. So that means we have to give them good soil, we have to give them good dish conditions, we've got to grow the right varieties, and then we have to put fertilizer down before we plant and fertilizer down while the plants are growing, what we call side dressing. And so a lot of beginning gardeners, they'll get organic matter from someplace and put in compost, they'll plant the vegetable, and there'll be little stunted things and yellow leaves and heads of broccoli the size of quarters and, and that sort of thing. And they think, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? It's because they were literally starving to death. So these are these are like premium racehorses that you have to feed the, the fanciest kind of food. It doesn't have to be fancy fertilizer, but they, they're high feeders of, uh, and just a regular lawn fertilizer will work. And even organic fertilizer, horse manure, ch chicken litter, cow manure, rabbit fertilizer, it all works, but the plants eat a lot. So they're, they're like growing teenagers, even, even worse. <laughs> sure. And so every crop is different. So we put out fertilizer in our bed or in our row before we even plant the plants. When we plant transplants, we mix up some liquid fertilizer like a miracle Grow, and you water them in with fertilizer. You, you start off with, if it's a seed, it's got its own little fertilizer in, in the seed. If it's a transplant, you're buying it from a nursery or feed store and you want it to be healthy and green and actively growing when you get it because if it's ever stunted, never slows down growing, you never get that production back. And so a lot of times people say, oh, I got these tomatoes for, for half price. They're a little bit starved and yellow and purple on the edges. Well, those are worth nothing. And so if you got half price, you paid half too much for them because they're, they're literally worth nothing. So they need to be vigorous. And then you start them growing from the second they hit the ground, you're going to water them with fertilizer. They're going to root into the soil that you've applied some fertilizer. And then every plant, depending on what it is, beans and peas won't need any more fertilizer. Tomatoes are going to need it about every two or three weeks sprinkled along the edge. Corn, two or three times. Uh, lettuce and greens, broccoli and cabbage and stuff. Uh, maybe three or four times. And so every crop is, is different about how much of this supplemental um, side dress that we need. So it's just like people, you know, having to come back and eat again. You just don't eat one time in the morning and it'll last you all day or one time for the week or certainly not one time for the season. And plants are the same way because they're just heavy feeders and most people don't understand that. And so most school gardens, most beginner gardens are literally starved to death. And so if they don't look like they're supposed to look at the grocery store sidewise, you probably didn't feed them enough. If they're not dark green, uh, full foliage, I mean, I can drive down the road at 70 miles an hour and see starved plants just because they'll be pale colored and, and small leaves and small textured. And so that's a, a really common mistake. And it's easy to, easy to fix. Most people just don't realize they have to, have to feed them so much. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I like what you said, you know, just like people need to keep eating and people are different. So plants need to keep eating and plants are all different. So they might because these are not wild plants. When we're talking about people, we're talking about athletes or Olympians (laughs) or football players, somebody that we're expecting to do way more than than the average person. Well, that's what we're doing. When we're asking a tomato that in the wild was the size of a BB and we're wanting something that covers up a hamburger bun or broccoli and cabbage in the wild didn't even make a head. And we're asking them to make a head or corn that had a little spike smaller than a pencil and we're wanting big old ears that means we have to give them lots of nutrition uh, to do that and once you get it down it's kind of easy but at first people just don't know and so that's why we have to help them out yeah i mean that that makes sense to me Well, and I think that's, you know, the, this has been really helpful. I already feel like more confident before starting my yep. own garden. Timing, sunlight, and fertility. I think that's just a great place to to get started and, you know, just it, exactly. it's it's, easy almost. It's, it's, yeah, it's not as hard as everybody thinks, but it's also not as easy. You know, a lot of people just yeah. jump into it. I was visiting with a teacher yesterday and they were so excited. She's growing all these seedlings and because she'd never want to dampen anybody's enthusiasm, but because she had some things that, you know, that you need to grow from transplants and so you know she's putting out seed when she should have a transplant so you know starting a tomato now from seed it's going to make you uh, three or four weeks too late and so but at first you just let people kind of you know have fun and whatnot but hopefully they'll ask questions ahead of time if not yeah. uh, all the things i really learned in, in gardening were from doing them wrong and so you know <laughs> sure. it sticks with you much better when you fail because uh, mm-hmm. you're successful or partially successful, you, you kind of proud of yourself and don't think much about it. When you flop, you're like, well, maybe I should ask somebody to read something. So nothing wrong with failing. We've all we've all failed. And, and nature is going to make you fail. You're not going to be successful every time. Uh, professional right. farmers plow crops under all the time. Freezes. We had devastating freezes. It froze off cold-hardy plants. We have terrible droughts that kill things. Sometimes there's accidents and you know, dogs and neighbors and inebriated relatives and whatnot. And stuff is going to happen. And, and what gardeners do, we just start over. And because I said there's about six times a year to grow in a vegetable garden, if something doesn't work out, you just jump into the next crop in the next season and grow mm-hmm. something else. And so it's not that big a deal to, to, to mess up. So we all do yeah. it. Yeah, what a great point, especially for people who are maybe starting to garden for the first time. If sure. you mess up, just Try it again next year or with the next season. Yeah, and so like we've got a planting time now in the spring. We also have a planting time in middle of April. We have another planting time in July. We have another planting time in September. We have another planting time in February. And then we're back to another planting time in, in April again. So that's a lot of times to get caught back up. And, oh, yeah. uh, and so a lot of beginners think they plant something one time and it lasts a whole year. It doesn't. And they get a, oh my gosh, it died. <laughs> everything dies like vegetables die six times a year and so they're surprised when i tell them your vegetables are going to die you're going to die your pets are going to die your husband's going to die ever plant your own everything's going to die it's either going to be fast or slow and vegetables just happen to be fast and so it's not your fault when it dies we just got to match it in that little part of time when it grows treat it right and then move to the next crop you pull them out put something in pull it out put something in you eat it, you pull it out, put something in. If you can't eat it, you feed it to the chickens or throw it over the fence, put it in the compost pile. And so it's just part of nature, but it's in a sped up little process of, of living and dying and starting over. And it's what gardeners do. We're, we're famous for yeah. making ugly into pretty and starting over and recycling and composting. And there's a lot of that that goes on in, in growing vegetables. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just there's so many opportunities to try again and to, you know, maybe try a different a different yeah. vegetable. If, Absolutely. If the, I mean, there's, different, there's different varieties. There's, you know, if you can keep records, that's good. Did you find out, well, you know, 
planted my tomatoes mm. in June last year. Well, June is when she'd be picking tomatoes. So, you know, well, I'm going to go February 15th. Well, they, well, a frost came along and froze. Well, that's too early. So March 15th. Well, sometimes you have a late frost. And so you just juggle it. You watch the weather. So somewhere between March 15th and April 15th. And so every year we all make adjustments. Sometimes you know, there are things beyond our control. And if you make some really bad mistake, like the teacher the other day, well, I just planted strawberries. Well, in Texas, we have to plant strawberries in the fall. And so, but she watches a little English gardener. We're gardening in the South and in Texas is exactly the opposite almost of growing in the North in England. So if you're watching a Northern television show or a book from Europe, if it says yes, it means no. And if we say no, it means yes. And so it's really complicated. So best not to even listen to those guys because it's just too confusing unless you really know. Best to just read information for Texas. We've got plenty of it to tell people how to, how to do it. Yeah, you know, you said two, uh, I think, really helpful things there. Um, well, quite a few things, but one of them being is to take notes. That's okay to say most of it wasn't helpful, but I did hear two. <laughs> it was. That's a, it was I, helpful. I'm kidding. But to, to pull it out, I think, you know, keeping notes or like a journal is certainly something that w- will help you be more successful. And then also, yeah, and also um, just paying attention to locally what will be best for your area. Yeah. Uh, There's some things we can't grow. I mean, we can't grow spring mm-hmm. strawberries. We don't do raspberries. Mm-hmm. We can't grow rhubarb. And so, uh, you yeah. know, you ask, a lot of times you'll ask students, what do y'all want to grow? Apples, bananas, and oranges. But we can't grow any of that. What can we go? Yeah. Well, I don't eat that. Well, you better learn to eat that because this is what we can grow. And so, uh, yeah, some of it's about what we can do and what we can't do and certainly putting it at the, yeah. at the right right time because it's not going to be the same time that everybody else does. A lot of times you're reading the paper, it's corn season or strawberry season. Well, it'll be two or three months past what that season was here because it came from a freelance writer in the north. So mm-hmm. you got to adapt it for us. But we can grow all kinds. We can grow 12 months of the year here. Uh, wow. Occasionally there'll be something like our devastating freeze that shuts the door, but then it opens right back up again. And so a lot of times people plant that one spring garden, turns into weeds, dead plants, and they replant again the next spring when they've missed out on five other crops that they could have grown. And so if you really want to feed yourself, yeah. you want to keep that garden growing all the time. And if you can't, you either put a cover crop on it or cover it with mulch, but don't let it turn into uh, to weeds or just leaving your dead plants there because then you've created problems for the future you've got to deal with. Oh yeah, for sure. Good, good, um, good advice. Well, thank you so much, Greg. I, I really appreciated what you've shared with with me and um, with the listeners. Um, I I believe you have some Facebook pages. Uh, would you like to plug those so people can can keep learning from sure. you in the future? Sure, I do a, a a Facebook page called Greg Grant Gardens, and so it's a, a hodgepodge of everything from ornamentals to vegetables to wild stuff to my forest at home, the birds, to you name it. So that's a uh, just a way to, to follow along. And anytime we have a, a program here in Smith County uh, with either the general public or the Master Gardeners, I'll post that on there. Also, you can follow along the Smith County Master Gardeners Facebook page, all of our educational programs that we do here. We've got about 150 Master Gardeners in, in Tyler. And then we have a, a Texas a and Smith County page. You can see all the programs that we do in Smith County in general. A lot of times we'll post the same information on all those pages. But if you follow my page at Greg Grant Gardens, I'll also put my weekly newspaper column on there uh, on a different topic. I'll put my monthly blog on there uh, on a different subject. And I'll also post the links to my uh, Texas Gardener Magazine columns as well. So, Well, uh, awesome. What a great resource. Sure. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, This has been really helpful, I know, (laughs) for me and I'm sure for many others. Um, 
uh, we're going to have you back next week. And so for the listeners, uh, make sure you tune in next week. Uh, But for now, that is a wrap. That wraps it up for today's episode. Check us out on facebook.com slash better living for Texans and on Instagram and Twitter at better Texans. We will see you next week. The USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material was funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.